Welcome to Hope for Living with pastor, teacher, and certified mental health coach, Dr. Shannon Eaton. Listen to an encouraging message that is designed to help you build your faith, restore your joy, and renew your hope. Well, friends, welcome to Hope for Living. We're so excited to be with you uh, today, and we are delighted to be sharing with you um, an encouraging uh, word that would lift your heart, that would lift your spirit. Um, I've got some 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 exciting things on my heart to share with you that I think would be uh, lift to you, that would be an encouragement to you uh, this day. You know, every time we come to you, our desire um, is to see your hope renewed, your joy restored, your faith built. And so we hope that the things that we share with you from the word of God would be encouraging to you, that they would be something that would inspire you, that you would be uh, just motivated to never quit, never give up, uh, to know that the Lord remains on your side, that he's faithful to do what he promised. I'm, I'm reminded of the word of God that says, faithful is he uh, that calls you who will also uh, do it. And so we, we, we can be encouraged knowing that we serve a God, watch this, who not only calls us, but he's faithful to work through us and accomplish by the power of the Holy Spirit um, everything that he has assigned to our lives. But look, today I want to share with you from a very familiar psalm um, and a very familiar thought, Psalm 23. Um, and I've titled this Hope from the Shepherd, Hope from the Shepherd. And you know, if you're like me, you've grown up at some point, you've heard Psalm 23 recited and repeated and quoted and all of that. But I want to share it to you uh, with you in the context of how this psalm can help us to have hope and some things that are shared in it uh, can help us to have hope. Uh, so you're going to want to take some notes. You're going to want to write down if you have a chance or you want to go want to go back and listen to this a couple of times and share it with a friend, because I believe uh, that it's going to be something that that just helps you to understand why you can live with hope every day of your life. Hope from the shepherd, Psalm uh, 23. And this is what it said, the, sh- the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, when we think about that uh, verse in the light of uh, proper context and proper understanding, the actual wording of it probably should be the Lord is shepherding me. In other words, um, when we belong to God, when we have a relationship with God, um, he invests himself in us uh, to be shepherding us on a regular basis. This is not uh, just kind of a one-time thing, but um, he is actively shepherding us. And the result of that, watch this, the result of that, according to God's word, is that we shall not want. Some translations say, and we lack nothing. So as long as I know that the Lord is watching over me and he's shepherding me, at the end of the day, even when I think I'm in a place of lack or a place of want, I truly don't have want of anything. And here's why. Because the presence of God, when I have the presence of God living and actively moving in my life, um, everything that comes with God is also there. So when we think about the fact that the Lord is our provider, that the Lord fights for us, that the Lord is our righteousness, that he's our healer, that he's our peace, everything that that God is comes with his presence. So we can really rejoice when we think about the fact that the Lord is my shepherd, David makes this personal. Watch this. And, and, and you know, the other thing that, that's interesting about this particular passage of scripture is that it's not written um, in the beginning of David's life. Most, li- most likely this text 
is penned towards the end of his life. And you'd say, why is this important? Because he's not writing this from a a place of faith, but a place of knowledge. And the reason that that's important for us to understand is that he's writing from what he knows and what he what he's experienced of God. Um, And I shared with you in our previous broadcast is that um, we've been given the scriptures so that we can have hope. So what David experienced, what he went through, what he dealt with in his life now gives us perspective to have hope that if he could say, I live in a place where I don't have to want or lack anything that we can live in that place as well. Uh, The imagery of a shepherd is used over and over again in the scriptures. And what is a shepherd? It's a person who tends. It's a person who herds. It's a person who feeds and guards herds of sheep. Hmm. This is so important because when we think of the fact that we're saying that the Lord is my shepherd, we're saying he's the one who tends me. He pays attention to me. Um, He feeds me. He guards and protects me. And this is important because the scriptures refer to us uh, repeatedly as sheep. And we have to know that if we're sheep, we have need of a shepherd. We have need to be attended to. We have need to be fed. We have need to be guarded and protected. And I don't know of any better place, watch this, or any better one to protect us than the Lord God Almighty. Um, We go on in that passage, and it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know, sometimes we're going in the hustle and bustle of life. We're moving all the time, back and forth, up and down. We're we're, we're busy, busy people. Um, And in the midst of our busyness and in the midst of our work, you know what else we're doing? Sometimes we're dealing with anxiousness and fear and worry and doubt Um, and all of the common experiences that we might go through in this life as human beings. And so in the midst of that, look at the wording here. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. So sometimes God has to make you lay down. Um, I'm reminded sometimes of of my kids who I know are, they're tired. And if you've ever dealt with babies or toddlers or Young children, what you discover is, is when they get tired, they start doing crazy stuff, stuff that doesn't make any sense, um, jumping off of stuff and laughing and rolling around. But and, and it looks like they have a ball of energy, but really they're tired. And so what I have to do um, is I have to take them in my arms uh, many times and put them in the bed or uh, bring them to a place of calm so that they can rest. And sometimes God does that with us. He he will make us lay down. He, You know what he does? The, the scriptures tell us he brings us to a place of rest. God brings us to a place where it is safe for us to rest. He can watch over us while we are resting. Why? Why is rest important? Um, you know, we don't talk about this enough in our circles, uh, but rest is critical. Um, the rest of God is incredible. Rest, many times we don't rest because we don't want people to call us lazy. We don't people want people to think that uh, we're not busy doing anything. We are addicted to working all the time but the reality is that sometimes we need to rest and here's why i'm going to give you a principle here if you're taking notes that you don't want to miss and that you want to write down rest is our protection from the destruction of our faith i'm gonna say that again rest is our protection from the destruction of our faith many times what happens in our life is is we are going as hard as we can we're doing the best we can 
Uh, sometimes we're doing the best we can and we don't feel like we're seeing the progress that we need to see. Sometimes we are doing the best that we can and we don't see things turning out the way that we think that they should. And what ends up happening is we get discouraged and we feel like, man, I'm putting all this effort in and I'm not seeing uh, the results that I should see. I'm not seeing the things that I should see. And what God really is trying to get us to see is you're not in a place where you need to quit. And many times what happens is, is when we haven't rested, we're ready to quit. And I've heard it said this, and this is the best way I've heard it said. When you are tired, don't quit, but rest. See, we quit when we get finished, but we rest when we get tired. I'll say that again. We quit when we get finished, but we rest when we get tired. And so God in his mercy and his grace and his knowledge and his perfect understanding of us He'll bring us to a place where we simply have to rest. Let's keep going. Um, in Psalm 23, it also tells us he leads me besides quiet waters. This is so important. He leads me. So look at what's happening here in the text. First, we know that he makes us. He makes us to rest. But not only does he make us to rest, he's the one who desires to lead us. It is always the desire of God to lead us. And many times we don't experience uh, the restoration and the refreshment that we need in our lives because simply, and y'all are going to get mad when I say this, we're trying to lead God. Um, we've already set our agenda. We've already set the way we think things should be. We've already set the way we wanted to do things. And the truth of the matter is the perfect place of peace in our life will come when we allow God to lead us and we stop trying to lead him. He leads us besides quiet waters. What is he saying, though? Here's, here's, here's the beautiful thing I love about this. Don't miss this, the quiet waters. He brings us to places of refreshing. You ever been hot and, or sometimes you've just been going, 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 and there was nothing like a fresh glass of water, a fresh drink of water, and you had just, just a little bit of water made you feel like you got all your strength and energy back. And so God not only leads us, besides quiet waters, but he leads us, you know, in places where we can experience constant, don't miss this, constant refreshing, constant refreshing. And we need it, y'all. Sometimes we don't realize we need to be refreshed until we've completely burned ourselves out. We completely have run ourselves into the ground. And the truth of the matter is being led besides quiet waters means that we can, the, the refreshing of God, hear me, is always available to us the refreshment that comes from god is always available to us we simply have to receive it what else does he do for us according to the psalmist says he restores my soul god is a god of restoration uh, but to really appreciate the restoration of the soul of the fact that he restores our soul is this it is knowing that the soul what what is the soul what 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 is this thing we call the soul the soul is our thoughts it's our will it's our decisions. It's our emotions. And when we realize that, we realize that if we need refreshment in any place of our lives, we need it uh, in our souls. So when God is restoring us, he's, he's, he's bringing anew um, and awakening that part of us in our life where we, we think, we feel, and we make decisions. Um, he's saying, I need to restore that place so that you can stay on the right path. Many times we get ourselves in trouble and we, we uh, come into difficult places because our soul 
uh, quite frankly, gets jacked up sometimes. When, when you're dealing with this world and the things that are going on in this world or the, the cares of this world and the things of this life, um, if we're not careful, uh, they will affect our souls. And so we have to have uh, God constantly not guarding over, not only guarding us and guarding our, our tangible things and uh, the things that we're concerned about on a regular basis, but we need him to, to help us and restore us and to guide us in those inner parts of us uh, that really tend to struggle. And, um, you know, I, I, this, this, this is so, so I'm so passionate about this because some of us, that place where we think and we feel and we make decisions is so marred by offense and bitterness and hurt and pain that we can't see clearly. You know, uh, one of the things that, that my wife does from time to time is she'll take the, my glasses off my face and just wipe them. Um, and she says, your glasses are dirty. She'll snatch them off my face and wipe them. And I'm sitting there not even realizing that there's smudges all over them because I'm, I, I've gotten used to looking through smudged lenses. And that's what happens when we don't experience the restoration uh, of our soul is the fact that we think that we're seeing clearly. We think that we're seeing clearly. And really the reality is we're seeing through the smudges of hurt, the smudges of our pain, the smudges of bitterness, the smudges of offense. And when that happens in our soul, we don't always make uh, the best decisions. So what do we do? Uh, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 29. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your soul. So God's invitation has always been to come to him to receive true rest. He says, you can't get rest from more money. You can't get rest from having certain people in your life. You can't get rest from everything working out the way you think that it should. True rest comes from the presence of God. True rest comes from a relationship with Jesus. And so many times we're frustrated in our lives and we're disappointed in our lives is because we're looking for man to do what only God can do. I'll say that again. We, we sometimes, many times, we look for man to do. Uh, what only God can do. So he says, I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So we want to learn from Jesus. In other words, we want to read um, and study the life of Jesus. And in studying the life of Jesus, we want to learn um, and, 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 and see how to deal with our own life. Um, he gave us a perfect example of what an unhurried life looks like, what a disciplined and intentional life uh, looks like. And we want to live that out. Um, and the best way we can live that out is by looking at his example. He says, learn from me. He says, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. He says, and then, and then you will find what? Rest for your soul. Soul rest. When was the last time you could say, man, I've experienced soul rest. Um, it's so important. Uh, but some of us, as you're hearing this, you're like, man, I, I can look at my life and say, and in this area of trusting God to lead me and guide me and shepherd me, I'm at a crossroads. What do I do? Well, Jeremiah 6, 16 says this. He says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. So he's giving us some advice here. He's saying that when you find yourselves at a crossroads, you need to stop and you need to look around. 
This is the next thing that he says. He says, ask for the godly way, the old godly way, and walk in it. And what you find that many of us who are overwhelmed, many of us who are in despair, many of us who are battling just hard things, you know, the challenge that we have is we simply have not asked for God's path. God, where are you in this? What What is it that you desire? What is it that you want? Um, and he says that once you get an answer to that, what what is God's way? What is God's plan? What is he desiring to do in this? He says the second part of that after you ask is to walk in it. So once God reveals something to you, you've got to walk in what has been revealed. And then he says travel its path and you will find what? Rest for your soul. You will not find rest for your soul. You and I will not find rest for our soul outside of the plan of God and the path of God. So the rest of God is only found on the path of God. I'll say that again. The rest of God is only found on the path of God. So, so, so important. So we want to make sure that we're walking the path that God desires. Now, I'd be doing you an injustice if I didn't read you the rest of, watch this, what Jeremiah says here. The response of the people in that time, watch this was, this was their reply. No, that's not the road we want. In other words, God says, I provided a path of rest. I provided a path of peace for you, but that's not what you want. You don't want that. They said, we don't want that. In other words, we will continue on this road of no rest, no refreshment, no restoration, no guidance, uh, because we like doing it our own way. Listen, if you want to walk in hope, one of the first decisions that you need to make in your life, one of the the primary decisions that we have to make in our life is simply, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to walk God's path, and I'm going to trust God uh, to do what only God can do as I walk in alignment with his plan for my life. Let's continue in Psalm 23. He says, he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What's the principle here? Not only that he guides us, God desires to guide us, but he guides us for his glory. I'll say this again. God wants to get the glory out of our life. So God's guidance is for his glory. And then he goes on. To, and, and he say this. He says this. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. So, because God is walking with me, I don't have to fear anything that comes against me. You understand something? My my faith and my hope and my confidence does not come from my own strength, but it comes from the God who is walking with me. So I, I can be confident because He's with me. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So God's presence is not only available to us, but his comfort is available to us. What does that tell us? Here we go. Because for those of us who say as believers and as those who follow God, everything is okay all the time and nothing is ever wrong and I never go through anything. And, you know, here's the truth. As a believer, we suffer. As a believer, we experience trials. As a believer, we experience tests. Sometimes we experience sickness. Sometimes things don't go well. And he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As we go on, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the times where we feel like we might be lack, experiencing lack and everything is coming against us. God says, you know what? I don't want you to focus on your enemies. I want you to focus on the fact that I'm completely able uh, to provide for you everything you need, even in the midst of your struggle. If you're taking notes, here we go. God's feast, 
must be bigger than our fight. The, the awareness of God's feast must be bigger than our fight, meaning that the enemy is going to fight against us, but in the midst of our fight, God will prepare a table that has a feast for us of everything we need to be sustained during our fight and during our struggle. Here's where I really wanted to get to as we wrap this up. He says, you've anointed my head with oil and my cup runs over. Now, we need to understand the significance of this verse because this gets almost lost you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows the part we always like to talk about is the fact of the cup overflowing but the significance of the head being anointed with oil is so important because watch this uh the the anointing oil was supposed to prevent watch this pests and infections and different things from affecting the sheep now, here's what would happen, and I want to give you a, a really quick example of how this could play out in a bad way for a sheep. All it would take is a sheep, watch this. What, what, what would happen is a sheep, if, if a fly would come to the sheep, all it would do was simply start at the nose, and the, it would fly in through the nose. And you know what it's going to do? It's not going to be immediately noticeable. But what it does is it just rests, and it multiplies. <laughs> Think about this. So the fly will come in through this, the nose of the sheep. It will rest, and it would multiply. And then, and, and then what happens is it would travel to the mind and cause the sheep to go mad. So I want you to really think about this. So before the sheep even realize that anything is wrong, it is multiplied, uh, has an, an infection and an infestation that's been multiplied that's attacked the mind. So that's why the imagery is used of anointing the head with oil. It is for the protection. Watch this. When it looks to the child of God or the believer, God says, I want to anoint your head so that your mind is protected. I want to anoint your head so that nothing gets in and is able to multiply and cause you to go uh, to a point where you can't think rationally about what God has said and what God has promised and what he plans to do in your life. And isn't that what happens? The enemy plants the seed of a thought. And rather than dealing with that thought, that thought begins to multiply and affect every area uh, of our lives to the point that we are not seeing as God sees, but we're moving, you know, in harmony with the enemy instead of God. So you ought to stop and ask God to anoint your head with oil in your cup to run over. And then here's where it ends. It says, surely goodness and loving kindness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that amazing? It says, surely Every day of my life as a child of God, I can have hope because his goodness goes with me every day. But not only that, let me, I don't want to talk to the perfect folk. I want to talk to people like me. I need the mercy of God every day of my life. And the Bible tells me that that mercy follows me every single day when I miss it, when I don't get it right. I can cry out to the mercy of God knowing that it's not far, but that it's near. And I want you to be encouraged, even as the text says, the Hebrews, I believe, says this, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy, mercy, and find grace to help in the time of need. Every now and then we all need a little help. We need a little mercy. We need a little grace to carry us through. And he closes the psalm with this, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll dwell in the presence of God forever. Isn't that the place we want to be, people? We want to be in the presence of God on a regular basis basis and in doing that we experience the power of God the provision of God 
the protection of God and the peace of God. But remember, it all comes from the hope that is only found in the presence of the shepherd. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that I could share with your people. Let this word be something that builds faith, renews hope, and restores joy. Listen, God bless you, and God keep you is our prayer. Until next time, remember, there is hope for living. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for Living podcast with Dr. Shannon Eaton. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged to apply the truths of God's word to your everyday life. Until next time, keep the faith, hold on to joy, and live in hope.